We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff! We have a liftoff! Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast. Say it with me, the show about the show, the show within the show... There are so many ways you can listen to this, but this is the podcast about the radio show, and you can listen to it inside the Odyssey app. That's a free app. You can listen to it on your favorite podcast platform. Just search The DA Show, or you can search Permission Granted Podcast. In the Odyssey app, you can take us with you wherever you go, listen to the show, listen to the podcast, the best of the show, and the PGP, so it's one-stop shop, plus Sunday Morning Football as well is available on there from a podcast standpoint and live. You know, why do you do this? Why, why do you do this? Why you came in today? It's game one of the Yankees LDS league divisional series against the guardians. And then the giants are four and one and it's Rangers opening night. So you're wearing your Rangers Jersey and you know, you're just, you're so good at, at agitation. You're so good at twisting the knife and you're so good at being obnoxious. It's really <laughs> You're really polished at this. And so you're kind of now, everyone knows that you're hyped up because your teams are good, but you're also dropping so many deadpan ways to twist the knife on the Mets fans of the building that are miserable or anybody that doesn't root for the Rangers or even Rangers fans that just don't want to hear your your crowing this early in the season. And you can't help yourself. You just get off on this. I do. I really wish this wasn't a skill, but I, I have it and I'm going to use it. I, I'm i super hyped. And, and really, it's it's like growing a tree and then you have a branch here and a branch there. This all comes back to the Giants. And now that they beat the Packers, I'm looking ahead at all this positive mojo. I know my hockey team's good. I'm seeing a basketball team full of guys that weren't going to be here. And I'm looking at, at the playoffs starting with all of your Mets knocked out after having to hear how great a team they were all year. I, I can't help myself. This is his this this week is as giddy as I've been as a sports fan in a long time when factoring in everything. It's like a giant cyclone of obnoxiousness that's gonna be heard out of my mouth. It's the perfect storm for you because the Rangers do have legit Stanley Cup possibility. The Giants out of nowhere are four and one and coming off what 
probably will be their biggest win of the season, their biggest upset at least. They were eight-and-a-half-point dogs. Well, they don't even play another team better. I mean, I guess the Eagles, but yeah. Yeah, the, the Eagles and Cowboys, depending on how the Giants look down the stretch, either one of those teams could be favored over the Giants. Oh, they probably will be, but I still think the idea of beating Aaron Rodgers and the Packers with all the injuries. Right. Eight and a half. I don't know. To me, I think it won't get a bigger upset than that. I really just don't think that's yeah. possible. And then the kiss of death is that the Mets, I believe, had a better regular season record than the Yankees. By two games, yeah. Mets win 101 games. When the Yankees falter in August, the Mets are still cruising. They blow by the Yankees' regular season record. They get into September. They finish with 101 wins. We we now know there was some water coming on the boat in September. But they are then forced to play in the wild card round. They can't even make it out of the wild card round. And two awful experiences that I had at the ballpark, games one and games three, with just the <laughs> offense was terrible, everything. So Mets fans have spent 48 hours since Sunday night trashing the team. I mean, it is just full-blown, lighted on fire. Everybody's taking shrapnel. And so with this in the rear view, like just it just happened, so the wounds are raw around here. You just come sashaying in, talking <laughs> Yankees playoffs, giddy is all get out, talking Stanley Cup. I mean, the timing, it was like if the Mets were 82 and 80, it couldn't have been this good. If they were 62 and 100, the season would have been over months ago. It couldn't have been this good. Had they beaten the Padres on Sunday night, it couldn't have been this good because they still be playing. If they beat the Braves once, it couldn't have been this good because they'd be starting out of the division around as well. But you have the burning, angry wreckage behind you as you walk away smiling <laughs> like the Joker <laughs> with the with the match in hand and being like, anybody ready for Yankees playoffs around here? <laughs> oh, and I have to say, there's two factors into why it feels this way on a Tuesday when we're taping this. The first being... It is amazing. I think nobody would argue if you lived in the tri-state area and you may be listening to this nationally. The Yankees, you know, have more fans, but this building and this radio station network, it's just chock full of Met fans. And they've all commiserated with each other. And not having any part of it, I've thrown my hands up. And I actually think I was really on my best behavior through the Mets thing. Yeah, I had fun. I, I saw it coming a mile away. I knew what I knew they were going to lose to the Braves. It was just because I've seen the same Mets story year after year. And watching a plane crash, essentially, is like, I, I can't take my eyes. This is horrible. I can't take my eyes off it. But when I came in on Monday, I came in so positive about the Giants. I had the rooster hat on. I had the jersey. And I kind of almost dumbly expected a lot of people to be like, can you believe the Giants and Jets? Because both teams had won. And I thought we were going to like, this is crazy what's going on football season. And I walked into what felt like a morgue. And Pete the body was the mortician. And nobody wanted to talk football. Everybody's looking at me like, who needs your positivity right now with the Giants? I'm like, well, hold on here. This isn't an anti-Met thing. Like, the Giants just beat the freaking Packers. And Pete the body turned to me and said, I'm in no mood for your crap today. I said, I And I had the Met fans back with Buck Showalter with the challenge. I was, I thought I was being a good person. But you know what? Nobody wanted to hear my positivity with the Giants. And that's when I went to bed Monday night. I said, you know what? You know what? I can't be happy. Well, now everybody's getting a pit of misery. I'm going to be ultra cocky now when I walk in here. And the playoffs start on Tuesday. So the Yankees playoffs thing is a, is a whole can of worms because maybe they lose to the Guardians. I mean, they're not that great. And so they could lose to Cleveland. Sure. They're probably not going to the World Series. The Astros are really good. They're probably not winning the World Series. So the Dodgers are really good, and the Braves are really good. So I don't know how much longer you'll have to crow about that. But this Rangers thing is a problem. 
Yeah. Because the Rangers start by dropping the puck tonight, and they are legitimate Stanley Cup possibility, you know, has some potential there. And we would then go through June, and you're already crowing. And you have now called this the most talented NHL team in 25 years. Getting everybody up on their feet. To which point... Listeners have pointed out that the Red Wings of the 2000s had nine Hall of Famers on them. Well, we don't know where some of these guys end up yet on the Rangers. They're that deep. You're calling this a 68-win, eight-loss season with a couple of ties thrown in there, which would be, like, historically dominant. I think they can be historically dominant. That's how pumped I am. And you've called them the Golden State Warriors. The Kevin Durant Warriors of the NHL. I believe that. Which is amazing because none of them are surefire Hall of Famers yet. None of them. They've had one playoff run, and you are comparing them to the single greatest basketball team ever assembled. You can see they're like the Splash Brothers of hockey. You can see this coming a mile away. And there's no way of proving me wrong until the end of the year. So here we go. Isn't it funny, though, that we were just clowning your dad, and even you were clowning your dad for saying the Giants could run the table, which is outrageous optimism. And now you're doing the same exact thing about the Rangers. But here's the difference. We all know there's eventually an end game to how good the Giants can be talent-wise. And they're building something and woke him up. They might be a Super Bowl team two, three years. (laughs) Even the hardest experts would tell you the Rangers really could win the Stanley Cup this year. So I think that's the beauty of this. Prove me wrong. Talk to me in June, and we got a long way to go. We haven't even done trick-or-treating yet. You can't keep up this level of optimism, though, or bragging, because it's going to break Pete. It is going to... Today, we have to insert this clip right here. I can't do this anymore. I, I really I'm can't. serious. I'm I with Pete. I'm out. I can't. I, he's in here badgering me and egging me on w- w- during that whole interview. It's ridiculous. It's just total nonsense. Oh, so I could be miserable all the time. I'm happy. I'm pumped up. You're I'm egging being... me on. You're saying, let's go get some nachos for the game tonight. You know I'm not watching a damn game. I asked. For, I said, 1 o'clock yeah. work. Let's go watch Braves Phillies. Nice little matchup. Shut up. Go grab a couple beers. Nah, I went out with friends. You just, you really are the worst. People take off today. It's the first day to play. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That is the sound of Pete breaking when he's going, shut up. You need to shut up. I mean, he can't can't digest emotionally what you were doing to him. Well, I mean, Pete was the same guy basically ready to order every Met postseason sweatshirt, hat, T-shirt. It's already been taken away from him. I know. It's been taken away from him. In three days, 72 hours. In three days. He didn't even have a work day to get through to recap anything. It was gone in a weekend. Gone in a weekend. He hates the Yankees, hates the Braves, hates the Phillies, and has to deal with the play, like the players actually really feeling like they're actually starting, and he's not a part of it after all year saying they were the best Met team since 86. Well, it, it triggers him. He can't take it. Today, today <laughs> you know, this, go, this goes back to after the Braves game, after the Braves got swept, as I said on last week's pod, I was able to come in and do a radio show because I could <laughs> separate my Mets fandom from the job at hand. The job at hand is we need to serve. 50 states, every fan base, we have to be national, and we can't be involved in the indulgence of New York all the time, which is a real problem for some people here in New York. You know, you just can't get out of your own way. But I really try hard to do it. And then today, I was mentioning the two 
late games. I think it was specifically Guardians, Yankees, Padres, Dodgers. And I said to our guest, Jones McFly, who does baseball coverage at John Boy Media, I was like, those are two really fun games and really fun series. And Pete yells, two fun series? <laughs> it's fun series. Oh, yeah, great games. I won't be watching any one of those. I hate those teams. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't come on the radio and be like, I'm not watching the playoffs anymore because my team's not in it. I, I can't do that. I've got a job well, to do. But can't Pete, let it go. But Pete will not watch the rest of the playoffs. Oh, he flat out told me. Because, I, I, look, if you really wanted to go out for a beer, you know, we got I could wait and pick it up my kids. We could watch a little Phillies Braves. I offered it to him. No interest. Not watching a single pitch. Will not indulge. Will not watch the World Series. This postseason's a disgrace, <laughs> I was told. We, we have a job to do. We yeah. work on a national radio network. And this he is... could be Mr. Baseball. You know, me and you might miss something. He could easily chime in. Did you see that coach's challenge? Something, but we can't even count up Pete. Pete's got nothing for us. He's not watching the baseball playoffs. <laughs> so, I hope he's on top of NBA opening night. So, we have Jones McFly in. And during this, I'm interviewing him. He's in studio. And you are needling Pete the entire time. What are you saying to Pete behind the scenes? Well, you keep breaking down the series or whatever, and I keep bringing up, you know, random things that subtly relate to the Mets without mentioning the Mets. Like, you mentioned the Phillies. I'm like, oh, Syndergaard Wheeler, that's a, that's a good one-two duo to have in the postseason here. <laughs> the Padres-Mets stuff. Oh, you know, Padres, I mean, look how good their pitching is in that wild card round. I think they really could help out the Dodgers. I mean, I think they could really take down the Dodgers. Then, of course, there's the Yankees stuff, too. Where it's just like, you know, New York really needs this with the Yankees. They really need it. And everything I'm saying is like throwing like a cold water shower on him. He's getting agitated. And I finally just said, Pete, you know, we rarely get a day like this. We get out of work early. It's Phillies, Braves. Like, that's a big deal. Let's go to Buffalo Wildlands, grab a beer. We'll pick up the kids a little late today. Oh, you think I'm watching that? You think I'm watching that? What are you, nuts? I'm not watching a damn pitch of that series. Of course, being the two Met rivals playing in the playoffs. The 87-win Phillies are still playing, and the 101-win Mets aren't. It's, I mean, it's just poetically pathetic. And again, some of the, some of you might be calling me a bully. If you think, first of all, I've had the piggy doodle dandy stuff rubbed in my face for years on the show, and if you think Pete, after the Subway Series when the Mets beat the Yankees for two games, what do you think I dealt with behind the scenes? I, yeah, Yankee team's not that good. They're not that good. I mean, it doesn't matter who was pitching. Not, that's all I had to hear from him for two days. So guess what? Stick it. <laughs> the thing about New York, as you can tell, is that no matter what team's doing well, half the city is miserable, <laughs> which is so different than anywhere else. This today in Atlanta, today in Philly, today in Seattle, today in San Diego, today in Cleveland, everybody's all in optimism, excitement, and if they lose the next day, the entire city is upset. Yeah, you're not getting that service center moment in Seattle with the Mariner comeback today. You might get punched in the face tonight if they're, if you're at a service center and the Yankees have a big run. There could be a Mets fan that comes out and actually decks you. <laughs> like, that won't happen at Seattle. There is nothing like a city unified over sports, and it can't happen here because half of the city, half of the region, resents the other people so much. It's, it's like Alabama-Auburn but in every sport all the time. So you just can't ever be too happy because somebody else is going to be mad about you. You can't be, you know, you can't ever 
let your guard down because somebody's going to rub it in your face that you're not the one that's winning. Yeah. I, I remember distinctly when I was younger, the Yankees were on their runs. My dad was flying a Yankee flag. The house got the house got egged after one of the World <laughs> Series, and the flag got taken. There's a lot of Met fans in the neighborhood. So things get vicious. Last week on Side B of the PGP, you had a deep dive with Bogish about what he would tell younger hosts around here or younger update anchors. And I'm wondering, has he done what he said he was going to do? I don't know. Mentoring I, young anchors? I will have to ask him on side B. And I don't know if that's going to be a long answer, a short answer, if we get anything out of him. I can honestly tell you I don't know. Bogus was actually doing some extra Met responsibilities on Monday and Friday. So my conversations off air at Bogus have been very few and far between since that side B of the PGP. So I, like you, will learn in real time on side B. What do you think, though? I don't think he did. I think he, my sense, and I was interested to hear when he told you that he like kind of mentored some update, younger update anchors early on in our tenure as CBS Sports Radio, but doesn't really do it anymore. I was like, oh, that would be great. I mean, if I was management, I would tell Bogus, hey, Bogues, if you want to take that mantle, he's the best we got. Yeah. So, and he's got great training, a great education. You like, we're going to pay you to be our our mentor on the update guys, and this is how we're going to do it. And I think he'd be amazing at it. I was like, oh, he's already done it just because he's a good teammate. They should take advantage of it. But I think – I don't think he reached out to Captain, Captain Jack. I don't think he did. Well, he did say, though, that he thinks Captain Jack has a really bright future. I mean, that was some really revealing stuff inside B – you might think all we do is trash the youngsters around here. I mean, Bogus basically acted like a, a, an MLB general manager, took a flyer and got a third round, and was developing him in the system. I mean, he really spoke highly about his, I see big things, I think was the quote. I know, and and I was surprised by that, but considering there's been such a, a run of mistakes and miscalculations by Captain Jack. Yeah, I, I think that was Bogus's concern. I think Bogus's concern is that he's on a platform that is setting him up for fail. Like, he's not ready for the bigs, but he thinks if he was in a spot ready for that, he would be really good. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it shows you. I mean, Bogus is going to give you a fair answer. He's not He's not ready. He's not going to pile on just to pile on. Well, I'd like to know if he reached out to Captain Jack because I, I hope he did because it sounds like he actually cares, and that would be great. But I, I don't know if he... Yeah. He's going to follow through. If he didn't, he will use the excuse, I had extra work this week with the Mets. That would be my guess. Or he was just saying it as kind of a, I need to talk to this guy, but it was kind of tongue-in-cheek. No, I don't think that was tongue-in-cheek. No. I looked at him in the eyes. He was serious. Okay. I really don't think that was tongue-in-cheek. That's interesting that you thought that by listening to it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't think he really is going to follow through with that. All right. Well, regardless, don't turn this off after side A because I will ask this on side right. A. Two young diaper D aliens that stepped up in a big spot was the last month, Andrew Kaplan out with paternity leave, and Kevin Wall and EJ Stewart stepped in. They they took over the simulcast. You know, they weren't as skilled as Cap, not as experienced as Cap, but what I kept seeing on Twitter was Thank Kevin and EJ. They're doing a great job. The simulcast is is going, and we really appreciate it. I think that there was a lot of people wondering, will we even have a simulcast yeah. when Cap is out for a month? And when they saw that it 
And maybe it was 75% of what it usually is, at times probably 90%, that it was that good quality and we still had it. I think they were thrilled. And I think we need to actually go back five weeks in time where you, me, I guess not Pete, Bogus, we all learned that Cap is having a baby three days before he has a baby. That's right. We didn't have these long training sessions to prepare for replacing Cap. So to think about being put in that spot and watch guys get better. It was a good lefty-righty platoon, EJ and Wall. They got better with their at-bats. And by the end, again, Kaplan, he's just on another level that is unfair to hold young guys to a standard of. Could Kevin Wall or EJ, after two, three years of doing this, get to that level? Sure, they could. Mm -hmm. That's how long it took Cap to get to the level he's at. Well... Cap was really good early on, but with the stuff we've seen now, like yeah. he evolved throughout. Yes, yes. He, once he perfected something, he went on to something yes. else. And that's why it's a masterpiece now. Yeah. Uh, they, those guys could possibly do that. I mean, I don't. you might be talking about a Hall of Famer that could never be as good, whatever. But, like, those guys did such a good job on them. They, there's no doubt about it. They're, there's they no complaints. I mean, there was Kevin Wall even embraced some of his mistakes early on. We got empty chair shots, okay? That kind of became a funny thing behind the scenes. Wall shooting an empty chair. And then... You know, two weeks in, there were no more empty chairs, and he had it right. I know. They started developing graphics, full-screen graphics. They got the hang of Photoshop. They got the hang of editing. Camera switches, you know, everything. They, they Even when I was doing the home studio shows and put me up on Zoom, I mean, they really nailed everything. And by the end, this is the greatest compliment I could pay. I did not watch the simulcast as I was doing the show. Early on, I was watching to make sure if there was mistakes made, I can go back and say, like, hey, let's adjust this. It should look like this. I was so confident that they were doing a good job by the end that I didn't even watch it to distract me during the show. Yeah, and I and I kept track because I like monitoring the Twitch stream, but no, I, I thought it was great. Yeah, outside of random times where I would just see an NFL shield or an NCAA logo and some of the graphics that were very basic, other than that, I thought everything looked the same to me. And... The listeners really were appreciative because I think they worry that there was going to be no simulcast. Yeah, but that was never an issue. And, of course, even the, the cutting up the clips after the show, having funny moments on Instagram and Twitter put out, I mean, we didn't, we didn't miss a beat. It wasn't the same, of course, but we didn't miss a beat. No. It's been really impressive. So great job by those two guys. Well, just a quick follow-up on that note. How about the fact that we're two mornings into seeing Cap? We still haven't gotten one good morning. Cap is the man of mystery. He's back after a month. We haven't seen him. We don't have much of an update from him. We got a few brief text messages during the course of that month. He comes in Monday. You're sitting in the newsroom. So is Pete. So is Bogues. Yeah. And Cap blows by you. Doesn't even pause to say good morning. Comes through the back door. We could see there's like a back door entrance. <laughs> he purposely was like he went out of his way not to say hello. <laughs> Most of us, it's like a front entrance. Everybody comes through. We went through a back entrance. No hello. I had to go back hour three of the show. Hey, Pops, how you doing? How's dad life or whatever? And he was very, he's very tired and grumpy. Yeah. Very tired. And I saw him again today uh, with Joe's McFly in studio. And it was, you know, Cap, can you take pictures here? Uh, I've been up since 2 a.m. This is the worst, you know. Well, that's funny because I was getting made fun of when I was making comments like that by you, Cap. But uh, he's very tired. And it's understandable. Newborn. Again, for anybody who's never had it, the newborns are the worst. It's the greatest thing in the world, but it's it's rough. You don't sleep a lot, and I think Cap just doesn't want to be bothered with anybody. I think he just wants to ease in in the morning. So how do you how did you handle getting up at three in the morning, three thirty in the morning with newborns? Well, again, my wife does a really good job, and I'm and then sure you watch it, games at night. It's tough. So there was kind of an understanding that during the week, if I have to get up early, you handle all the overnight feedings, but. 
inevitably, your significant other is going to get extremely tired at some point. There would be times I woke up a half an hour earlier to do a feeding hour earlier, but then on the weekends, I never got the opportunity to sleep in. There was no making up for getting early. That was Then I was up all night through the weekends, and then by the end, you're just zonked. You wait for that one magical night when they finally sleep 10 hours, 9 hours, 12 hours. It happens. And then a lot of times they say it never looked back. It happened with both my kids where it was like, wait a minute, I didn't get, nobody woke me up. And that was it. And then once you get past that, the diapers, the forgetting stuff and getting nagged at, the toys, the loading up a car like it's a U-Haul truck, you could do all of that if you sleep. But Cap seen it now. The non-sleeping during those first <laughs> couple months, it's the worst. <laughs> the absolute worst. Can you explain to me, well, how funny was Monday's show <clears throat> where we had two terrible phone calls off the top? <laughs> and it it hammered home and reaffirmed every one of Pete the Body's concerns about taking phone calls. Well, did it, though? The first two. The first two hammered home. So just, okay. I, I want to start there. We had two phone calls. One was a story about a theory that going back to the 70s, NFL referees were in cahoots with bookies, and that's why they were screwing over calls. Yeah, correct. Made a lot of sense. It was it was a really bad call. I like those calls because they meander. They're ridiculous. I think the audience knows they're ridiculous, so I keep kind of peppering them and egging it on. But it was so bad, and Pete was so upset. He just hated it. And we've always had this kind of like, tug of war within the show I like calls but I get why Pete's annoyed by him but Pete hates calls yeah oh yeah hates can't stand him and so if Pete's in charge of answering calls putting up calls he's just going to purposefully ignore them and there's something to be said for it because frankly if you're listening to a really good radio show and the hosts are on and you've got good guests and good audio that should be better than a call yes I'm going to defend Pete here for a second the other part of Pete with the phone calls which I got on him during the pandemic stuff in a fun way, but he took a turn. And he's right about this because I answer a lot of the calls too. For some reason, the majority of our phone callers don't end up on the air because they start the call with this. I don't want to get on the air, but like we got to tell you something that either you already know or we already know. We get, I'm not kidding, six of those a day where people just don't want to get on the air for whatever reason. And I think that fatigues Pete into not answering the calls. How many times am I going to answer the same stupid call? Let DA know that it was third and ten. You know, get lost. Get lost. We get those calls. Okay. So we have these two calls off the top, and Pete is beside himself. And he he actually puts his hands into a fist. Now, this is the day after the Mets have been eliminated. So he is salty. And he puts his balls in the fist, and he closes his eyes and yells. <laughs> like the Warhead logo, his head exploding out of the top. Like, did you I ever, was scared. Did you ever see, what's that Pixar film where everybody's in emotion? Oh, is it just emojis? No, 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 no. They all are characters of... Emotion. So one is sadness, one is joy. Why did I one... think that was the emoji movie? But let Inside me look. Out. Oh, oh no. okay. Is it okay. Inside Out? Let me no, see. No, no, no. It's not. It's something like that. All right. I'm going to look it up now. Keep talking. Yeah. So in this, I think it's Lewis Black plays anger, and he is like a fiery red character. You're right. It is Inside Out. Inside Out. Yeah. So these characters play all of your emotions inside the head of a little girl. And it's an excellent movie, and it kind of, like, 
teaches you a lot about like how your emotions work and how they drive your brain functions in your rest of your life. And it's for kids, but it's really interesting. And Lewis Black plays anger. And every time that something sets him off, his head turns into a fire and just like <laughs> burns. And he just goes, Aah! and that was Pete. And I'm like, whoa, Pete is so wound up because of the Mets today that a bad phone call, which he usually is annoyed by, becomes fury. And I was like, we got to turn this around because we can't walk on eggshells the whole day. You could walk on eggshells. I wasn't. I was embracing it. <laughs> I could have done six more bad phone calls. <laughs> so I said, you know, and during the course of a show, we sporadically get a few phone calls here or there. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Most of them are kind of annoying, but like. It's good. I, I like that type you of thing. You shouldn't be deterred from calling because you hear bad callers. Yeah. Assume you have a good take. So I just said, you know what? To the listeners out there, to the D-Aliens, please call and please have a reasonable sports take. I don't care what it's about, but just please have a reasonable take. And I want to make sure we let Pete know that phone calls don't have to be awful today. And wouldn't you know it, bing, 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 full bank of phone lines. We ripped through maybe 10 in a row or so. And they were all really good. And it goes to show you, like, a bad phone call is usually a person that's kind of out to lunch, just hears a radio show and is like, I'm going to call for this dopey theory from the 1970s of, gambling and refs, right? Or that Brady is such a big baseball fan that he wants to emulate Albert Pujols and go back to New England. That was the other one. Yeah. The people that aren't told we, we want good phone calls are the type of people that have bad phone calls. But when you say, I need good phone calls, the people that have good takes are then activated to give the good takes. So it's a very good learning lesson. Yeah, and we got a lot of good takes. And then Pete was yelling at me as a man to the phones because... I'm usually pretty good in the in between when I know I'm not needed on the air of cutting up stuff, epic fail or whatever. Pete's like whipping me like I'm a horse. How's it like that to work, huh? Yeah, yeah, keep answering those phones. Like he was like barking at me because I had, you know, needled him about the Mets to start and he didn't like that. I was wearing the rooster hat with the Giants. Oh, no. Yeah, you're not a clown now working, huh? Pete was like all over me when I was answering those calls because he could see the moment, you know, you hung up one, the light would flash again. Uh, he got a real kick out of me having to work those phones, man. <laughs> he really did. It was intimidating. He was a ball of fury on Monday. Totally. He was in no mood for anything. No. Other sports didn't. And he, think about it. He's a Jet fan. The Jets just beat the Dolphins. Zach Wilson 40 great. points they put up. Said it didn't matter. Might as well have been four days ago. <laughs> this was the Met year. This was everything. Until it wasn't. Well, I just got to tell you, I mean, people are hammering you in this newsroom about your Stanley Cup prediction. The Rangers are going <laughs> to win, what, 68 games? Yeah, I think they, they're going to win at least 60-plus. But I put the number at 68, I'll stand by it. <laughs> oh, no. no I'm not doing something stupid like 82 and all. I'm just saying I think they're going to be, like, incredibly good. And the whole newsroom's already just like, come on, shut up, man. Why, why are you saying this? Even Rangers fans are like, shut up. Because they don't want to hear any positivity right now. It's still met mortem around here. Enough. Move <laughs> no. on. Our lives. Let's go. No, because you can't just be like, I think we're going to be good. I'm excited about the season. You have to go so I, far. Because yeah, I'm tired of the tempered BS. Let's go here. Let's, let's, ha let's raise the bar around here. Raise the bar. Look what just happened with the Mets. 
Raise the bar. Mm. You know, it's a, let's not be afraid to be pumped up and excited about our team. That's a loser mentality. I'm, I'm getting bold here. Let's go. Yeah, but you have said you don't think the Yankees are winning the World Series, so you're not doing that with the Yankees. So, so doesn't that give me more credibility on the Rangers then? <laughs> well, well, why? I'm not just handing out championships left and right. Well, why do you want to be bold and set a new bar? Are you because like, the Yankees I, are going to lose to the Astros? Because nobody expects the Yankees to win the Astros. People do expect the, win, the Rangers to win the Stanley Cup. I'm going with that. I'm riding that horse. I'm jumping on. Let's go. I don't care if i got to lay the juice. I don't care if it's minus 120. We're going to do this. <laughs> We're going to force it, the energy on it and make it happen. Yeah, look at how Pete looks at these last two. You want to be Pete? I don't want to be Pete. I want to be me. I want to be cheering. Okay, well, this is going to be a long hockey season. Canadian bacon is six months away. Six months away, five or six months away, but you can already smell it cooking. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's it's on the griddle. It's on the griddle. <laughs> okay, that's side A. Here comes side B. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. How-to-do-to-do-how-to-do-de-day. How-to-do-de-do. We're here on a Tuesday Hello, Andrew Bogus. The PGP is here. It is here. It is here. What a year it is. Hello. So I can't <sighs> sing with you, but I was dancing. Didn't have my microphone on because I was dancing. <laughs> but here I am now. How are you? Oh, I was better about 13 seconds ago. Hold me closer, Hawaiian Tony Danza. Are you drunk again? I'm not, man. I'm in a good mood. I've heard. I'm in a really good mood. You should be. The foursome's in play. We are. It is. And as somebody on Twitch alluded to, I have a better shot of a foursome with my wife, Mila Kunis, and Fart in a Jar Lady than I do with the Nets, Rangers, Yankees, and Giants all winning a championship. But this is excited as I've been a sports fan in a long time. Pete the Body's not as excited right now. We just heard that breakdown in side A. Uh, I, I do have some clerical questions to get to, but first, your overall thoughts on Pete's angst uh, as you were not in Monday and seeing him on Tuesday. Yeah, I, I I feel Pete's angst because you have, thank God I wasn't here Monday because you have been insufferable today. Uh, actually, I was good on Monday. Uh, okay, I was way. backing up Buck Showalter. I was with the Met fans. Sure. Um, but today, Tuesday, you suck. Um, as sucky as you've been in a long time. But I, but I am not to indirectly, you know, to avoid your question, I am intrigued now by lining up the sports foursome and the Twitch suggested foursome. Like, which team in the foursome is your wife? Which one's Mila Kunis? Ooh. I feel like Fart Jar Lady probably has to be the— Well, remember, I'm a team because I'm in the foursome. I know, I know. That scares me, too, where those answers Fart going. the Jar Lady's probably the Nets. You know, there's a, a little lot. crazy. Yeah, might work out, might not. Yeah, exactly. Okay, all right. Could totally see it happening. Like, yes. there's a chance I could get with the Fart and a Jar Lady. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably... I'd even argue that farting in the jar lady was probably the easiest to sell on this foursome. Probably. I mean, she's farting in a jar for money. Right. You know, I'm harassed. Yeah. So, I'm probably the Rangers because I know I could be in the foursome, and the Rangers are the actual team that has real aspirations. But you also call them the best team of the group on the air Tuesday, so that means you're the best of the four? You're better than Mila Kunis? 
Well, Mila Kunis is pie in the sky, so I might be the Giants at three and one. Okay. Four and one. All right. So Which would leave my wife as, as the, the Yankees, Yankees. The legendary franchise. You know what? And that sums up my wife great. Great ride always lets me down. A lot of championships in my past. Hold for divorce lawyers calling? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but then again, now that I think about that, might be the best way to associate the... There it is again. It's twice. And the and the Yankees the most stable, always stable, there. Yes. Loyal. Right. Just, you know, in the end a no lot of facial hair yeah. rules for both, yeah. Yeah, just a lot of unhappy October memories, mm-hmm. which I could tell you from pumpkin picking. <laughs> Maybe there is a lot more associated there. Uh all right. So when we last left on side B of the PGP last week, you really left DA I'm just gonna be honest with you. We talked about this on side A, wondering were you very tongue in cheek? He thought you were more tongue-in-cheek, I said you were very serious, about A, the future of one Captain Jack Stern, and B, your, like, tutelage of him. Okay, so Jack absolutely reached out to me. Oh! No, 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 no. Oh. Originally, okay. to ask me, hey, can you listen to this? What should I know ahead of my, if I want to get a shift on the air? And in fact, Carlos, our good friend with a K, has done the same thing more recently. Right. Carlos so again, with people, a K. people, right. people throw updates at me for feedback, which I appreciate. So Jack did open that door a while ago. I do believe that Jack can do this. Will will one day do the do the job well? But but Jack's a baby in all of this. So I was also probably seventy thirty serious in. I'll talk to Jack about what we've made fun of him for for the last week and a half on the show. Because, again, he opened the door himself to ask for my opinion on the way he's sure. going to do things. Um, but I haven't yet because, like, other things happened and it took distracted me from doing it. But I do still plan on asking Jack if he wants any kind of feedback from me having gone through some updates courtesy of the show. So you have not reached out? I have not reached out to Jack. Okay. DA, that was DA's prediction that you had not. I have not. But I will. What is the I reason think. you haven't? Because isn't this getting a little old and we're a week old now from yeah, the stuff I you're going to reach out to him about? I, but it's not even like top 15 important things in my life. Oh, so, so like, Jack Stern's not important to you? He's not imp- more important than like my actual work that had to get done. Okay. And then I spent my weekend betw- at 14 different baseball fields between the Mets and my kid playing in a travel baseball tournament. Yeah, so no, like, and I, now I, it's I, Tuesday. I get busy lives. Yeah. I, I get it. Um, Jack's not top of the list. Okay, so my question is, though, is there a point in time where it becomes too late? Yeah, I think I've, if I, I got to do it by the end of this week. All right. Or the window closes. Or the next time there's a Jack issue on the air that is, that is brought now, to our attention, then the doors open again for me to, to reach in. You did say that you thought he might reach out to you based on hearing certain stuff. Play. Do you think he just didn't hear it or is still unaware of the arc No, stuff? my guess, somebody had to tell him that he was a target on the air and on the podcast. He's got a, maybe he hasn't heard all of it. But he's definitely been given the cliff notes on what's been going on. I can't imagine he hasn't been. Very interesting. Now, you were at City Field. Uh, DA had to take his father one game, his brother yeah. one game. This is why we didn't see you Friday and Monday. You're doing some extra work there. Uh, you mentioned the long anaconda you saw at the urinal as well. Yeah. Would you say that was the most exciting part of your weekend at City Field, was seeing the man's no, I would No, I wouldn't go that far. Um, we Justin in Albany was at City Field. One of our listeners. He came up to you. He came up to me, and Da didn't. You know, I should. I should. That should have been my trash today. Oh, good point. You're doing a pregame show outside City Field, and Da can't stop by, say hello. Friday and Sunday, or not even. Hey, me and my dad are here. 
come by during the game or let's go have a beer. So, you know, maybe I shouldn't have a beer where I was working, but let's meet up. Crickets. Wow. Silence. Interesting. That just crossed my mind. Yeah, he should have came by, said hello. I right, think. Well, now, he, we, were, we were done like an hour plus before first pitch. Right. DA's so he might the not have been of, on the ground right. yet, which I could is see fine. DA running in 10 minutes before first pitch. But where's the, hey, come say hi to Papa Mendo? Now, you know what? I'm going to flip this around. This is not a July game versus the Reds. You get to your seat in the playoffs. There's no roaming around. We're ready to go. I would have come to the them. I would have come said hello. Brought them popcorn from the press box. Maybe some game notes. You I'm can't that kind do that. Of guy. That's a Schwartz move. That's no, illegal. No, the Schwartz move is to have tickets, bring your pass with you, take your pass out, go into the press room, get the snacks, bring them back to your family. Huh. If I'm working, I can bring a box of free Mets press box popcorn to you. I don't think that's how it works. What, you work for the Mets now? I just think that's very Schwartzy. I wouldn't like that. If I found out you were giving D.A. free popcorn, I don't think that's right. It's right. I wouldn't want D.A. to bring his credential and leave his dad to see, come inside and get some free root beer and popcorn and go back to their seats and eat. Oh, root beer too. But if I'm in there and somebody's in the building that I know, I'll bring them a little treat. Now, you mentioned you, you were using the bathroom, the press box. Does that mean this anaconda was from a press member? Uh, it had to be a press member or like a Mets or a Padres staff member. So you didn't spot a face? No, because d- despite what you guys continue to push on the show, I did not turn my head to the left to look at him, and I certainly was never going to do it after having his things So you mean to tell to me. me, once you see a baby's arm hanging out of somebody's pants, you don't glance up at their face and try to... No. Even quickly? An, an extra, oh, you don't look. And he was already at the, at the wall... And then he left before, and I now I don't even know how fast, if at all, he had washed his hands after all that because Whoa. he was out of the room by the time I finished. Well, that thing could be like a Swiss Army knife. They could have Purell shooting out. Who knows? Turned around. He was already gone. Huh. Um, so you weren't left to wonder the rest of the night in the press box? Was that him? Was that him? No, that- I didn't. It was like shell shock. I didn't even want to think about it anymore. Oh, I would have been hunting them out. No. Oh, he had white him. pants on. I remember that. That's Whoa. the one clue I could have had if I tried. And you didn't to... look for anybody with white pants. It's half the Labor Day. I, I, well, there's even that. The fashion faux pas plus the unnecessary well, shaking. Well, I think if you're wearing white pants and you're, you know, you're one of Cap's tripods, <laughs> I think that you're looking for definition. Well, I don't, know if they, I don't know if they were tight white pants, but they were white pants. Interesting. Yeah. White pants. You got to look if there's white pants. You got to. I would be scouring that whole press box. Nothing would have been more important to me. Yeah, no, I did not. What do, what do we do? Do I congratulate him? Do I say, dude, that was gross? Get to know him. You I got to get you anything? Him? Yeah, get to know him. Get a feel for the personality. Nah, no thanks. See if he's got that BDE. Yeah, no, I'm good. Okay. Well, with that note, Bogus, you hey, can follow you great on Great having me. Thanks yeah. so much. Uh, I appreciate it. What's your Twitter handle? Oh, it's at Andrew Bogus. All right, you can check me out, at Mraz CBS. Everybody, enjoy the beginning of the MLB postseason. Have a great day. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.